0: Welcome to the Flamcast. Derek, I need to apologise before we start, mate. I'm a bit of a sleepyhead this morning. I'm what, 45 minutes later than we planned because I, I didn't wake up. There is a lot of racing going on, um, and we can actually watch most of it. You know, Eurosport has been end-to-end end with cycling. I mean, I would, every time I turn on the telly, there's racing to watch. You know, you can watch highlights from a man. Uh, there's racing from Algarve. And it's all good stuff. You know, there's young guys attacking. There's old guys, you know, surprising us. Uh, there, there are guys in teams that I have no idea they would moved to. It's all happening. It is, yeah.
1: So, look, if we take a look at the the, the news over the last few weeks that um, we've missed since we last recorded, I suppose, for me, the, the, the few things, I can't get my head around the fact we're seeing GC races already this this early in the season I'm kind of not in that headspace for it you know we've got Oman uh, Bastana riding well over there Algarve uh, we've got a tour of, we've got a tour of Turkey going on as well where uh, Van der Poel is riding so there's, there's stuff like that going on I'm, I'm not really in that headspace to be kind of looking at calculations and looking at who's writing and, and, you know uh, who's writing for who and uh, Kong uh, Stefan Kong won for FDJ yesterday in a time trial yeah, and what's one? going on with that? no idea no <laughs> idea how, when that happened
0: or how that happened I completely missed have you, that have you seen that video with Suza attacking? I have yeah um, what did you what did you make a tour of Colombia? Um, I to be honest, I think it's a great race. The riders enjoy it. Um, and I think the Colombians are gonna be a force. I mean, I was talking to Scott last week actually in the Velocast about this. I mean, I'm old enough, you and you and Scott are both younger than me that I can remember when the likes of Lucho Herrera came over. Right. and they had a reputation for being able to climb but not being able to descend but you look at them now they've got you know, some of the best GC guys in the world Souza, Bernal are, are both forces to be reckoned with and you've also got you know, Hodge, Gaviria, sprinters so as a cycling nation they're really rounded out and I think we could be moving into the decade of the Colombians
1: it could very well be and i suppose this is one of the, the news headlines for the last few weeks is the um the team sky search as well that they've been they brought a delegation to colombia to meet up with their um their government body uh, the oh the petrol company the oil company and seemingly it's maybe not going to go ahead but yeah it seems like very much like that dave Brailsford thinks colombia is a new front of your cycling as well
0: well he's saying the people i think that would be a bit of a nonsense though you know, whatever you think about Team Sky, they, I mean, they're, they're essentially a British team in terms of personality, although you know, not in terms of riders. They've got riders of all sorts of nationalities. I think it would be uh, it would be very weird if they just transplanted that as a bloc into Colombia. It wouldn't feel right to me. They need a, I, I think they do need a Colombian team, in the way that you know, Team Sky was a British team, but I think it should be homegrown Colombian talent. You know, not just transplanting Brell for the into the country.
1: Yeah, and I think. He maybe sniffed an opportunity to do that, and just um, Colombian uh, and
0: sniffed really. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going for all the puns.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's yeah. going to happen, he, is it?
1: He, he saw a white cloud. Come uh, on, I, I, I can keep keep these. Tom Boone and his DS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, bring back Pippo <laughs> as well. Uh, but yeah, no. Look, I'd say just that there is rumours, the strong rumours that there's a. Uh, talk over our takeover talks going on are, are an advanced stage for sky at the moment but whether he just saw an opportunity to get a push those talks along by going to someone else i don't know but it's going to be an interesting few months for team sky um, and like you said i would like to see a colombian focused team and um, to give those guys the best opportunity and to develop that nation i mean like you know before that with did tour san juan in argentina and it, it it does hark back to um 80s 90s racing with the crowds and the roads and stuff like that it needs a little bit of tidying up and it needs a little bit more structure um as far as organization roads and a few bits and pieces like that go but i don't think it needs much more i you know i don't i don't think it needs to be turned into the tour of france or it doesn't need to be turned into that level of organization and you know or the tour of flanders where it's pay everywhere to get to see everything I think just it needs a little bit of tidying up, and it could become um, it could become a new frontier for cycling. If you know what I mean?
0: No, I completely agree. I think some of these young guys might win big this year. You know, we've got the old the old guard people like Froome and Nebuly and stuff are still very much on top of their game. But when you look at people like Souza and Bernal, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see one of them break out and win one of the big grand tours.
1: Yeah, and. and I- The younger that's leading, Algarve, I think, at the moment, Podjar. um, Mm -hmm. You know, he was one that won the Tour Lavinier last year, and he's experiencing his first bit of GC in in this little five or seven day race. And I saw someone tweeting last night that he was in the anti doping control after the, the, the TT three hours and five bottles of water later. So these little things are the things that are unseen. Um, for your GC riders but they need to build up the tolerance to this sort of stuff they need to build up the ability to handle this sort of stuff and recover properly yeah. and you know Bernal has done the tour now at this stage um, although he had um, an interview this weekend and kind of I don't know it, it, he didn't come across well in it Yeah, you know if I don't win the Giro well you know I still get paid and I, you know kind of I, for, I, it may be just a translation I don't know but it just seemed very um Actually, look, I don't really care. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm pro cyclist. I'm on big money. Pfft. What about yeah. it if I don't, if I don't want to raise? Uh, and, you know, that's a little bit of a, maybe it's just a bad translation. I don't know. But, you know, it's not a great attitude. But I, I do think we could probably see one of the younger riders making a breakout this year. I'm not sure. I, I still don't think Quintana's is going to do anything this year. I think he'll be oh, the
0: I really think he's done uh, talking about riding for money I think he's getting a salary that's based on what might have been Um, You know, there are still people who talk about the Zichiro win with, you know, an attack after it had been red flagged and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that's valid. I thought at the time they should have rode, but, you know, you still get folk moaning about that. But other than, you know, that that victory, I don't think he's achieved a a fraction of what we expected him to. I mean, remember when he first appeared as a young rider, although he looked exactly the same, ripping through my part in the climbs. You know, and, and just, you looked at that and you thought of the potential. I thought he'd have four or five grand tours, you know, not four or five Tour de France, but a couple of gyros, a couple of welters, and maybe a tour under his belt now. I think his, his time has passed. There are younger riders from his own country, you know, from yeah. Colombia, coming through who I think have got more promise than him now.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but there's definitely more promise and there's definitely more potential in, in the younger riders, so also in Bernal particularly. Um, and I think he's just... He plateaued, and I suppose this is one of the, the issues I have. Which, um, if you look at say Evan Paul, who skipped the under twenty three ranks, been brought forward, um, they're buying a lot of people now are buying riders for potential, and they're not necessarily giving them time to develop um, and work through work through their growths. You know. Uh, they keep growing until i know you they say you stop growing when you're 18 but 19 20 21 you're still kind of growing you're still adapting and adapting to the load of the work and all that sort of stuff i think they're pushing they're pushing young guys because we've seen before um with grand tour riders they don't really come to fruition till they're 26 27
0: yeah Th- you know kind of 32 33
1: yeah and when they've had the when they've had their, their body developed they've had the worker kind of absorbed and everything else expecting a 23 year old or 20 you know to win the tour and to go on and win five or six grand tours is a bit much you know we really should be looking at riders that are 26 27 and like at this stage now you're looking at Quintana you're thinking right he's got to his peak and he hasn't adva- the, the workload hasn't he hasn't absorbed the workload he hasn't advanced anymore he hasn't taken that step up and you think he's on a plateau he's not going to go anywhere Bernal, Sosa um, they're, they're going to be interesting to see where they go and how, how they adapt and how they go from there but I, I do think we need, just need to be careful with riders and not necessarily overhyping them but just kind of um, you know I, as I said I, I think I said last year I said I think Bernal could do year, a year or two doing the Grand Tours before he's given a, leaders, a leadership yeah. role but he's already been given the leadership role so it's going to be interesting to see how he fares out, especially when he's going in against guys in that Giro Nibali, Dumoulin, Kruiswick, uh Rojlik. You know, they're all guys that have four Thomas. or five. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> there, there, there's a bit of a, a question as well like you know
0: um... Apparently Pinarello are red hot on Thomas going to ride the Giro uh, Fausto Pinarello at a trade show had said uh, he'll definitely be riding which prompted I think Dan Benson at Cycling News to, to go to Thomas and Thomas said no I'm definitely not riding there's a lot of pressure going on in that team just now I think they want to be 100% behind Chris Froome in the tour and uh, Thomas is, is still very much second fiddle you know because Froome will be going for his fifth that's perfectly understandable but it's going to be exciting to see if Thomas actually bows to that pressure and rides the zero.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, look, we we spoke about this earlier on the year, maybe late, late last year, that there's a lot of money been thrown around, and that RCS seemed to have a an appearance pot that comes from Gazetta or wherever it comes from. Uh, maybe it's the money they that Michaeli and Ar- Acaroni got in account you beat for. Beat me to that one, mate. <laughs> hey, but yeah, look, there was there's talks of. You know, two million been been paid to a certain sprinter to to turn up at the, the Giro, and um, so the, there's there's big money been thrown around for appearance fees, and um, so you, you'd be wondering as well as that. Um, I suppose it's the first kind of cracks that have appeared in in Team Sky about their their sponsors or anything else. And um, you know, Team Sky normally have been on on message, um, they've and they've not. P- already, well, you know,
0: the, the story is that Pinarello have committed to stay in with the team whatever happens. So whatever their sponsor is, Pinarello have laid down the money and said, we'll be here. You know, you've been good for us. We'll stick with you, whatever your sponsor is. And that's bound to earn a lot of loyalty. It is, and they have been the sponsor from the get-go from yeah. Team Sky, and they've they've done a lot and of work. And they've done there. a huge amount of work. I mean, I talked to Dimitric, Dimitris Kansanis with Sean Wally, and the amount of work that Pinarello have put into the you know the aerodynamics, the weight, and performance of the bikes, they're they're committed well beyond just paying the money to get their name in the team.
1: Yeah, and you know, look, even you go back and you look at the when they started developing the Boldy and they developed that the the hour bike for. Um, Wiggins as well. Like they they've put in a lot of effort and you would think that uh, Italian teams or Italian bikes, they're not really at the edge of it. You know, if you if you think of Aero bikes, you think of probably Trek specialized, you don't really think you don't really think of Pinarello, but they have put in a lot of effort and a lot of work and I, I think it's in some way, shape or form, it's been a little bit unrewarded from the sponsorship of, of Team Sky, but at the same time I'd say they've they've seen good sales.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, outside the cafe here in Peebles, you see a couple of, you know, dogmas every week uh, yeah. with people, you know, who, who stopped off for a coffee mid-ride. It's funny, actually, I mean, my brain is still waking up, but whenever you said Italian bikes and time trial, I think back to to Jan Ulrich riding Walther's when he rode Bianchis. You know, rebadged German TT machines and Tony Martin on a Bianchi. I mean that that is just weird we were talking about Stephen Coon and, and FDJ earlier on but seeing Tony Martin at a Bianchi does my head in I mean I thought he had that uh, that specialised welded to his bottom with a sandpaper
1: Yeah well he literally had at one point um, yeah. but yeah it's, there's a lot of I think uh, speaking to Tony Martin I, I think he's a he's an answer in search of a question I think he's 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 he wasn't he wasn't pushed and he maybe wasn't developed properly at quick step and that kind of ended poorly uh went to katusha just because he was stuck for a role for a year and um he just last three years he's kind of gone off the boil tt boys, everything else and i just i don't know where he's going to go from here um and he could be just one of those guys that just fades away suddenly in a year or two time and we kind of where did he go to you know that sort of way
0: yeah, no, exactly. I think he's, he's nearing the end of his career. Another rider I want to talk about uh, briefly is Enrique Mass. You know, we've heard talk of him from Alberto Contador, went through Contador's development team. Uh, he's showing early this year as well. You know, up there in the hill finishes, he seems to have Sylvan Chavanel's teeth, which deeply confuse me as much as anybody else's jersey. But I mean, there's a rider who, you know, we're talking about Sosa and Bernal. Mass is one of those guys who could just pop up and win a tour. You know, this year, if everything came right, you know, if he got in a break or you know, he just hit a vein of form, he's another guy who we could see that changing of the guard. I think we're in a year where maybe not this year, but next year we're going to see the young riders start to surpass the guys that we expect. And that's always a bit of a shock.
1: It is. And I would say that uh, Mass's weakness is also a strength of his. His weakness is he's on a shite team for GC. Uh, Quick Step have no one else to support him. where well, Dan Martin, saying,
0: went to die.
1: Yeah, but in saying that, because he's with Quick Step, he might get into that sneaky break. He might get away because uh, they know that he doesn't have the support, so he might have the jersey for a few days, but we can take it off him later on because we have. You know, four or five domestiques here to support Thomas or Froome or whatever else. So uh, that might be the rock that some team perish on. Um, mm-hmm. But because he, he he will, he has the tenacity to try and survive. If he has a minute, two minutes, he might take back thirty seconds here or there. But he might st- he might still hold the jersey. I think he needs to play that card maybe. Um But again, yeah, he, he very much looks like a guy that has has the potential. And I suppose if we go back and look at uh, San Juan. Ala Philippe is riding well as well. Um, Well, And, you know, Bob Youngles is riding well. And we've also seen Gilbert riding well as well. You know, and it
0: must be a contract year for Gilbert. He's starting to win early in the season. Well, I think he'll win Flanders. Uh, I mean, I think he's in with a good chance of Flanders. You know, he's one of these guys. He's kind of turning into a Valverde character where you start to write him off and then suddenly you realise, well, he's getting older, but he's not getting any slower. And he yeah, does seem to be motivated by contracts. You're, you're right. I mean, he's he's a money guy. He's a Kelly, isn't
1: he? Oh, he is. Yeah, he, he buy and sell you for a fiver, like. But I think as well as that, um, Gilbert is one of the one of the guys that he, he's a Henny Kuiper. He, you know, he makes other riders clean their own plate first. Um, he's very very cagey. He's very very smart. He never attacks in the wrong place. And you know, all the attributes of Valverde. Um, that you were talking about you know he never he never puts his nose in the wind when he doesn't have to Um, and he knows where to be how to be there and he can always see how to finish and he's got a very good finish as well you know like um, he has he has a decent kick maybe he he mightn't have the kick he had previously Um, but I'm going to go out on a limb now since we're mentioning uh, Flanders I think one rider that's starting to show his talent again uh, and maybe Maybe an outside bet for one of the classics this year, Dylan Van Barrel.
0: Well, that actually brings something up. Um, you know, because he's come from smaller teams, big team now. Uh, and we've got quick state winning. We've talked about Ala Philippe and stuff. I mean, they're already impressive. Uh, you know, we've we've had the nonsense in Colombia with the waitress, where they you know the entire team, particularly Patrick Lefebvre, behaved appallingly, but they're now, still just- winning.
1: Just to stop you there, when you say nonsense in Argentina, you actually mean the Columbia.
0: stuff
1: from the team. Or, yeah. No, no, no. You actually
0: mean the stuff from the team, not the the complaint from the waitress. Oh no, the complaint from the waitress is entirely valid. It was the just, response that was nonsense.
1: Yes, that's. I just, um, want, to clarify, just want to clarify that for the listeners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we, I mean, the waitress is entirely right. That was a disgraceful act uh, from Ilya Kesa, uh, and the response from the team was was absolute nonsense. You know, it, it just took no responsibility whatsoever for it. Uh, and but I mean, they, they're still winning. The other, where I was going with that is we've also seen other teams winning. Um, you've got Astana yeah. with what, nine wins now? Um, you've got Education First winning. Uh, you've got UAE winning, for God's sake. It's, it's it's like we're in a different world. It is. It really
1: is a, a strange, strange start to the season. There's, there's First of all, we're trying to adapt to teams that different jerseys different riders all that sort of stuff and now teams that couldn't buy a win last year um, I think by data have done I've got like a couple of wins as well already and I think they were waiting to the Vuelta last year to get their first win in the season um, so yeah it, it really is a brand new brand new dawn out there and um, as you were saying like it looks like a bit of a change in the guard uh, I think again looking at EF I think Michael Woods has really adapted to, the, to that team has really come on um, I think
0: they've they actually won a TTT as well, didn't they? Yeah, aye. I mean, they uh, put Rigoberto Iran. Aran, actually, somebody posted on Twitter. He's Palmares. He's won a lot less than I thought he had. He's one of the. He's another one of those riders that is really high profile without actually winning very much.
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, and he's very much a patron of of cycling in in Colombia. Like you know, even when the. The Colombian national team meets up and stuff like that. Um, all the other riders look towards Iran for leadership and everything else. Even though, you know, you've got uh, Quintana there, who's won a Grand Tour, and he looks towards Iran for leadership. But yeah, EF that they're, they're coming on. I, I do wonder about Iran this year. Um, you know, there, there's quite a, there's quite a depth of riders at the Giro, and I suppose the biggest threat at the at the Tour is Sky to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd, you'd wonder where he's going to go from there or what he's going to do or what he's going to target um, but they do seem to have uh, a couple of other riders that are coming on and they, they are they are winning and i suppose with uae uh gaviria has helped get them off the off the off the blocks uh Christoph has also got a couple of wins as well um and you know uh, well uh, that young boy philipson is it philipson i keep getting <laughs> philipson in- and Jakobsen confused. I always get the, I'm getting the two of those confused. Jakobsen is riding for a quick step and he blew away Ackerman in Algarve, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah. No,
0: he's uh, a fast yeah. guy. Yeah, he's It's certainly in the year, but allowed to be confused. Um yeah, You talked I'm... about actually you talked about Christoph there.
1: Uh, he's cut open. Yeah, there's been two instances of this in the in the last few weeks. Uh Lars back got sliced open as well in that that bag crash in Is it
0: Algarve again? Is it disc brakes? I don't know. There's been no, you know, when disc brakes... I'm saying that kind of... with a smile on my face because it's, I mean, it's a debate that's been and gone, actually. I mean, disc brakes are, are more or less mandatory now. I think we'll see the disappearance of calipers entirely from the peloton in the next two years.
1: Yeah. um, Like when they came out first and, you know, if someone got a cut in their finger, disc brakes. Yeah. And literally two guys have got sliced open. And properly sliced open, and there hasn't been a mention of it. So I'm mean, just a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops over the year or whatever else, especially with um, towards the Tour of France. If there's a few mass pile-ups and stuff like that, see what happens, um, and see if there's a kind of a,
0: a fall back from it. Do you remember, Todd? Who got his arm sliced open by a big green hand?
1: Not not a Hulk hand, now or anything like that. But it was one of the uh, PMU.
0: Hands yeah, the, the betting hands, they were really yeah. thin and cardboard. I've got a few in the wall here in uh, what I laughingly call my office. And they they made them out of foam after that. Yeah, yeah. Because literally he was sprinting and it was so sharp, he didn't notice until he crossed the line and everybody said, look, mate, you're gushing blood. Yeah.
1: Literally a deep paper cut, yeah. But yeah, that, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that fares out. And I suppose just finishing off about all the teams and everything else and the guys are winning, it, I can't believe it's done. Uh, I've... They've got eight wins now, like or nine wins or something like that already. Yeah, uh, And they're winning across the with different teams. Uh, um, Lushenko. Different
0: riders, people like Lushenko coming through. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's a team that I'm not particularly fond of. That's that's well on record. I don't particularly like anything that involves uh, Vinokurov. But you, you can't criticise the way they're riding.
1: No, you can't. And uh, both of the, the brothers that I signed from both winning as well, and you're kind of looking at movie star going... That's what did you why did you fall out there for a few quid like you know uh, yeah. and I suppose let's while we're talking about movies, star we mentioned him once or twice as well Valverdi, he hasn't won yet this season has he
0: he's close though isn't he I mean he's, it's, just... he, he, it's not like he's suddenly crap he's second and third and stuff and uh, I, I I think he's getting to that age where he needs to focus on specific targets you know, he was just, he was rampant last year, he, I mean he was winning like a you know, a, like a young rider who was hungry and this year I think he's still got the form, you know, his legs are there, he's, he's getting beaten by maybe a bike length or less uh, and I think we'll see him come through for you know, particularly Ardennes week, I could see him cleaning up there uh, you know, taking a Liège, taking um, you know taking another victory in the Mur de Huy uh, he's going to win big, it's just not happened yet I think we're going to see that rainbow jersey cross the line first a few times this spring
1: I'm going to go against it I think you think he's old no I think he got exposed a bit in the Vuelta I think maybe he got away with it at 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 the Worlds but I think maybe this is the year that he'll, he'll carry the jersey and maybe the curse of the rainbow will come back
0: I don't know. No, I, I, he's too savvy. He's still got the power. I think he's going to be there. The problem he's got is that there are lots of other folk coming through. I mean, you're talking about folk like Dylan Van Barl. Um There are races where you know you would bet nine times out of ten in Valverde that there are going to be other guys who who aren't afraid to take him on. Um, it's, it's going to be a hard year for him, but I still think he's going to win at least one monument. I'd be really amazed if he doesn't.
1: I think he might win Flesh but I don't think he'll take a monument. I think with the new finish in Liege, I think maybe a more powerful sprinter will take him. Um,
0: I think think the new finish actually suits him better in Liege. I could see him forcing a small group of four or five and then taking it in a sprint. Because I, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the days with you know, very similar finishes with the likes of Crackelion and Argentine and stuff. Uh, and if I if I insert Valverde into that kind of group in my mind, I could easily see him taking the sprint from a small group that he's forced over the final hills in Liege. I think it's going to be a cracking race this year. And I've been a bit bored with it recently, to tell you the truth.
1: Yeah, it has kind of been a bit rinse and
0: repeat, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to move us on again. Um... To something that I know is very close to your heart You made your, your debut as a director sportif last year ba-dump, um, ba-dump. Ba-dump. No, I mean seriously And following you on Twitter You and I talked about it You got so much out of looking after your riders You know, cajoling them Getting their stuff ready for them Talking to them when they, when they were down and, and, you know, getting excited with them When they performed well um, it was fantastic to watch from a distance, and I know that you were thinking about doing it again this year. But the race that you were thinking about is gone, and it's one of the most significant races for us here in the, you know, the northern hemisphere. If you're looking at a combination of good local riders, uh, good club men uh, moving through county teams onto big pro teams, it's it's had it all over the years, and there's going to be no rough this year.
1: No, and it's, I suppose. <sighs> I'm absolutely gutted. Um, not only am I gutted for myself, um, but I'm gutted for the country and for cycling, because it it just is a, a proven ground. Uh, and in the last, I'd say, 18 years, and I know the Ross has been there for so so long, but uh, and it's been used as it's been used as a tool for Irish nationalism. It's been used as a tool for reunification it's been used as a tool to build bridges it's been used as a tool for uh, advertising for health it's been used as a proving ground for uh, national teams under 23 teams and even just to my point the last 18 years if you look at the list of riders that have, that have won stages rode it, um, that have gone on to bigger and greater things it really is a proving ground and it really is kind of its uniqueness of it being an eight-day stage race has really proved vital for people that are looking towards stepping up towards the pro ranks. Yeah. Uh, if you go go back through riders that have won over the last while, Postelberger, Martin, uh, Degenkopf, um, Sam Bennett. You've had Cav. Uh, did Cav ride the Ross, or did he ride? Did he ride the Junior Tour? Cav rode the Ross. You've had. Um, you know, I, I I'll start pulling out names, and the, the, the amount of Reuters gone by thirty from.
0: years. The number of names that I first heard reading about the Rose Yes, yeah. you know, it, it's a development race, but it's also it's one of those races I love because it's got a real sense of place. And that mix of, of, you know, Irish men of the Ross who, who may never go on international careers but aren't afraid to mix it up with the big pros and the pros gave it a unique flavour. You know, it's not like some crappy wee provincial race that the pros ride that, that dies. It Actually, it, it, it feels like part of Ireland to me. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm gutted that it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm still struggling to understand how a race of that prestige and that character and that sense of identity can struggle to find a sponsor.
1: Yeah, and I suppose look at the end of the day, it's the the, the budget is probably about 250 to 350k for the year, and um, you know there was talks of uh, crowdfunding and all that sort of stuff, and I just don't think it would have worked. Maybe it would have worked for one year, but it just wouldn't have survived past that. And I suppose you know fair play to the organisers; they tried to keep it corporate, they tried to reach out to people, but for that sort of race, you basically need a cycling fan as a CEO. Or you yeah. know, the cycling, you know, and he needs to have the money to, to throw at that, that sort of thing, um, and I just it harks back to how cycling is portrayed in this country, and as how is it portrayed, kind of somewhat nationally across the UK and, and Ireland. If you listen to BBC or if you listen to any of the radio stations over here, News Talk, any of that sort of stuff, the only time you hear cycling is in a discussion around doping. Uh, you don't hear. The Sam Bennett stories. You don't hear the Ryan Mullen stories. You don't hear any of that sort of stuff. You don't hear, you know, you, you just don't. And it's just the mm-hmm. doping stories. And it cycling has been framed in that aspect, and that's that. Um, and most of the sports news, any anything like that, they will just frame it like that. Uh, or if there's something happens, you know, it's literally the last item on the, on the sports news. And finally, Sam Bennett won a stage in Giro, and that's yeah. literally about all they'll say. And they will give. Local sports much more prominence. Um, you know, Martin Irvine was a, a world champion. We have had you can count them on that the the fingers of one hand the, the amount of cycling world champions we've had over the, over the years, and very little coverage. And I just I, I, it's been it's been pushed to the periphery. And even you look at small races in the you know just this standard amateur races here here in Ireland, they're outside of towns, they're finishing outside of towns, they're cumbersome on local people because they need to get guard permits all that stuff cycling is starting to be pushed to the periphery and as a sport that's very very sad and i think just maybe the ross dying is just a, another part of that and it ju- it look it needed to evolve or need something different but I, I just don't know where it was going to come from
0: we're 30 years on from the kelly and roach era Um, And I I still don't think Ireland's recovered from that. You know, when you get two riders like that, the chances of that, two riders like that, coming from a small nation like yours, are vanishingly small. And I think that it was just such a high point that you're you're still struggling after that. You know, nothing's going to equal that, which means, combined with, as you say, everybody frames cycling around open. Um, There's maybe almost a a kind of sense of anti-climax after... Such such giants of the road coming from your yeah. nation in the eighties and nineties.
1: There is, but I, I, you say that we've now got. More. But you've got
0: the McQuaids as well, haven't you? I mean, think 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 about your tiny, tiny wee nation has given to cycling. You know, not in terms of part, but also you know the these brothers as as agents and stuff. There's there's so much involvement. How the hell hasn't that race got a sponsor?
1: I don't know. I don't know. And look, even if you look at it now, we've got more professional cyclists. From Ireland than we ever had before and um, we've got more guys I think this this 2018 the numbers dropped in cycling Ireland and um, but we've got more people cycling than ever before yeah. but just I, I suppose it comes to a point that I that I've been kind of battering on for the last couple of years with you and we've kind of come around to it a bit is that I, I think that professional cycling as an as a model is broken and we should look towards you know, the Olympics been amateur. Under twenty three's been amateur. World track cycling been yeah, amateur. Properly amateur. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and I just, I, I suppose, right. If you have an eighteen year old or nineteen year old now, who's you know going up into the senior ranks, where um, I think the under, I've said this before, the under twenty three ceiling forces a, a stop, a stop point. I just think that's wrong. I I I do think riders still develop past that. I do think they can adapt past that. Um, and you know, look, you look at uh, two Irish riders, uh, Matty Taggart and Mark Downey. This year, only for mm-hmm. Evo Pro Cycling came along. They were without a contract this year, and you know, they just got forced out of Team Wiggins because it was a they forced a, an under twenty three ceiling on them. Um, and I just don't think that's right. But I do think that we have to assess and look whether that we're developing riders and we're developing riders for pro peloton and if you think of it what is there there's 19 world tour teams yeah multiply that yeah. by 30 so 20 by 30 is what 2, three, six, 600. 600 riders yeah. yeah so that's yeah there's only 600 jobs across the world for these guys it's it's not sustainable we need to we need to look at something else if we want the sport to be viable
0: and, I don't know what to say I mean, I, I don't know. We're looking at when I was I was recording with Killian earlier this week, and we were talking about uh, Remco van dad, Patrick, winning the GP to Albany. Um, that's another race that might have trouble going forward because of money. We've seen races go. There, I mean, there's so much to be positive about. I, I don't mean that as a kind of pun or anything about not cycling just not. now. But these small races are really struggling. I mean, there, there, there is something fundamentally broken with the sport when it can't support. You know, not just grassroots stuff. The, the Ross was way beyond grassroots. You know, it was an institution. Um, and it seems to be more money pouring into the you know the big shop windows of the sport. The Tour of the Giro. Um, you know, the Flanders Classics series of races, all that kind of stuff. But we should be able to support those small races. And to be fair, I've seen a lot of criticism of ASO and the like. There are a lot of races that wouldn't exist now if ASO didn't put money into them. Uh, but we shouldn't be relying on that. There should be some kind of way to to fund these races that are good for development. Um, oh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's depressing. It genuinely is.
1: It is. Like, and, you know, you have the UCI saying we want to develop the... The sport into new areas and all that sort of stuff,
0: but ah, new areas which have got shitloads of money—that's what they mean.
1: Oh yeah, and you know, hundred percent there. But they—they're leaving behind the other areas. And even look—if we look at the UK, um, you know, you can get you can you can get more cycling coverage now than than you ever could. But yeah. you still can't you still can't see Paris Roubaix. You still can't see Tour of Flanders. You still can't see any cycling like you used to. On any of the UK terrestrial channels, you're going to Eurosport, um, and you know, look, that's a, a pay-per-view channel and everything else. So it's it's restricting the view of viewership. And again, you know, the the national series that's in the UK, the coverage of that is on Eurosport. It's not yeah. on terrestrial. It's not on terrestrial ch- channels.
0: I, I just think And then I talk to subscribers, Velocas subscribers in the states, and even for the big races, they're having to rely to rely on all sorts of malware-laden, dodgy streams. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. um, and I just uh, look. It goes back to there's a a great development here coming on in the last while. It's called uh, Twenty by Twenty. It's it's trying to develop a women's sport, and it goes back to this this article that we, we were talking about uh, must be a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago about uh, there's they're not going to put on a, a roubaix for women, and the, I can't remember the chap's name. That um, he's the director of, of it for for ASO or whatever else. And his <laughs> points were, yeah, that's the chap. Um, his points were, I can understand his points, but they're completely wrong. Yeah. Um, and going back to the 20 by 20, the, the, the tagline for that is, if she can see it, she can be it. And my point is about Ruby. He, oh, there, 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 he was saying that you know, the, there's not enough in the women's field, there's not the the Boone, and there's not the Cancellar. But Boone and Cancellar didn't exist because they were Boone and Cancellara. Boone and Cancellara existed because they saw cycling, because they saw Paris-Roubaix, because they saw a museum, they saw a Kelly, they saw all the history. If you do not put it on and you do not race it, even if you don't think the field is good enough, the field wasn't good enough at some point for men's cycling, put it on, other people will see that race and other people will want to do that race. And it comes back to the point that, you know, if we have to resort to malware-laden streams to try and find cycling online, um, or to watch cycling, it just becomes it becomes a peripheral sport. And if you can't see it, you cannot be it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I'm, I'm going to finish this on a two-year note. Um, I, I was, I mean, you know this, and I tried to hide it when we were recording and when I was recording with Scott. I started this year a bit jaded. Um, you know, I, I've been podcasting for, this is a 10th year, Um, and I started the season going, oh my God, you know, no, another year of this. Uh, And part of me really longs to just be a fan by the roadside again, you know, not have to sit and talk about the sport afterwards. We're a month into the season on, or slightly more than a month on from the Tour Down Under, and that's completely flipped. I've watched racing that's got me super excited about it again. I think we're in for an absolutely banging spring, Uh, you know, folk like, Gaviria, the young guys we've mentioned coming through, the old guys like Philippe Gilbert looking like they could pull off that 50k break in Flanders, you know, Peter Sagan is, is hugely exciting, looking like he's getting ready for Milan-San Remo. Valverde, we've talked about whether he's you know still on top or whether he's waning a wee bit. I'm incredibly excited and incredibly interested in the sport again. And a sport, I mean, we've talked about the downside of it not getting sponsorship, a sport that can get an old codger like me flipped around. Within a month, about whether they're bored with it or excited. There's there's still a lot to be going on. But I think you and I and Scott and Killian and everybody that I talk to are going to have more than enough to talk about in the spring. I think we're in for a classic classic season.
1: Oh no, I 100 percent agree. And it's like anything with cycling, you know. Look, you're feeling shit or you're feeling down or whatever else, and you don't want to go for a spin. On the bike, get on get on the bike and get out. And you know, it just cycling always do, has always done that for me. You know. You might, you might grow out in a bad mood or whatever else but you never come home with one um, yeah sure sure you might have a bad result in a race or whatever else but you know that's a Sunday you, you go out you do your recovery spin on Monday and, and it's all forgotten about and cycling does that with you it just it's the the love of the sport it's just the the excitement of it and even you know look you, you spoke to me about me with uh, doing the Ross just the buzz and the happiness and Everything else that you get from it, the excitement, you're, you're taken back to your 12, 14-year-old boy. And I would still like to go see another race or two this year. You um, to- and I might do a a need direct- meet up
0: at Ruby We need to have a few beers and stand by the cobbles, mate.
1: We do. We do. We do. And I think that's, that's the great thing about cycling still is that you can walk out your front door and you can see a race going past or you can go to uh, some place and see a race going past I know I've spoken about Flanders been a little bit different uh, with the crowd pens and all that sort of stuff but cycling is so so accessible and not only can you go outside and stand and watch the race you can get on your bike and ride the track or ride the, the route afterwards the same as the pros and that's that's something that is completely unique to cycling and it, it makes it such, such a unique sport and it's kind of why I, I do still love it
0: no, and I would say to people a lot of folk that listen to this and you know the VeloCast or whatever, I've um, become fans of cycling through watching the telly. You know, with the contributions and the likes of the you know the sorely missed Paul Sherwin and the like. You need to go and stand by the roadside at some point in these big races. You know, part of the reason we we talked at the start about that video of Souza attacking. Um, you know, going like a, a motorbike up the hill, um, and I, again, I don't mean that in any pejorative fashion. No, 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 no. Until you stand by the one of the great things about that viral video was it gave a true impression of speeds. And until you see the guys, you know, going into the the Ardenberg trench at sixty kilometres an hour, or attacking uphill at forty kilometres an hour. It's just not the same as seeing it on the telly You know, there's, there's that, the noise of the peloton the, the spitting, the wheezing, the rattling You know, the, the the sheer speed that you just don't get an impression of The steepness of climbs If you make one, one resolution this year, people Get out by the roadside and watch a race You know, an, an elite race What these guys do is impressive on the telly But dear God, when you see it in person It's a, it's one of the most exciting sports in the world and that's why we love it